We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to the Light Years After Show. What might have been the gut punch of the season? Uh, it's it's hard to say. It's it, it's hard to say. But uh, I got uh, former producer extraordinaire Ben Cruz across from me. Ben, what's up? In a season of just just gut punches for the Warriors, did this one hurt the most? I gotta say, it's definitely up there. Just because I genuinely thought they were going to win. Uh, just the way that they were playing, the way that Steph was playing. Uh, I mean, all year has just been, they've kind of gone how he's gone, and he was freaking going. So I really thought that there was no way they were going to lose. And man, just kind of, it felt like after JTA went out, it was just, there was no way. So just a big bummer overall. Yeah, not too much to, not too much to say for me. Like, th- I'm going to start here. It's like sometimes there's an easy target for a loss. You know, like we could talk about Mm -hmm. baseboards, missed free throws. We could talk about Draymond's missed layup. Yep. We could go down all those things. But like sometimes it's as simple as Steph rolled his ankle. um, And and then Juan Toscano Anderson, who I don't want to call him the third or fourth best player on this team, but he's just (laughs) such a necessary elixir to them. Like he – He's one of their best defenders. He just makes the right play. They play better when he's on the floor. You, you can take that what you want about the overall roster, but like him going down definitely took something out of this team. And for me, sometimes it's that simple. Sometimes, it, yeah, we can point to a lot of stuff there, but like the the last six seven minutes, Steph was walking. I think he scored ten points while not being able to run, which in itself is pretty amazing. But like. I don't know, man. It, it sucks because I think they they would have won this game if those two things didn't happen, but they did. Yeah, it's it's also one of the, the one of those games too, where like, yeah, you can point at those things for for the reason why they lost, but it's also like those things happen in the course of an NBA season. It's just I feel like it's happened probably more so in the past, like this year specifically with close games like this, uh, where you're like, man, they should have had that one, right? And I, I see some people in the comments. Uh, you know the Dallas game, the Wizards game, etc. Uh, and and this is just up there because you you really felt like they they've been playing pretty well over the past couple of games. And st- I got obviously Steph specifically, so I think it just stings a little bit more because you just felt like they were going to close it out. Uh, at least you know in the first twelve minutes of the game, uh, not so much the the, uh, the latter half. Yeah, I mean it's for me for me it's pretty rough. I, I just I don't I don't know where else to go with this other than that. Like this team needs kind of stuff to go for fifty. There's no other way to put it. Like forty-seven didn't get the job done tonight. Fifty is really what we were needing. Um, 
who knows what happens if he doesn't get hurt. But I'm going to bring on a friend of the show and, and sometimes host here, Aaron Larsoul, to join us. Aaron, how you doing? Oh, I'm in a bad fucking mood. Yeah, no, 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 I'm in a bad mood. So here's the thing about this one, right? The Celtics aren't particularly good and the Celtics didn't play particularly well. The reason why this one bothers me is because this is the bill coming due for all the other games that got tricked off. That's that's the problem. The Washington game, the Dallas game. Uh, I think there was a Knicks game that got tricked off. This is that bill coming due, and that's what bothers me. Uh, I, I think you, you and I have had discussions about Steve Kerr um, and about him not maximizing Steph. I think Steve Kerr was fine today. So this is the bill coming due for those other games. This is the one you can lose because you don't trick off all those other games. So when you trick off all of those and this one, that's the problem. I agree with you there. That's more of a macro observation. I'm, I'm living in the micro right now, but it's like... Oh, I'm furious. Macro, right, right now, excuse me, micro, I'm furious. Can't yeah, I mean... When, they don't, when the Celtics, who aren't any good, don't play particularly well, this can't be the result. Yeah, but what do you what do you say to like look? I've not been the person to you know give Steve Kerr passes um, to the point where certain people think I have an agenda, but that's neither here nor there. I don't really know what you're supposed to do when Steph rolls his ankle and is. I mean, he's walking. He's walking. I think he scored at least ten points while not being able to really move, which in itself is you know Steph's like one of three players who could probably do that, right. uh, but like. He goes down, Juan, um, at this point, I feel like Juan has to be in every closing lineup for them just because he brings a certain energy and intelligence that, that they just don't have five better players. Let's be real. Um, Correct. And, and, and he's, the guy that, he's the guy that good teams have uh, three, two or three or four of. He's, he's the guy that does a little bit of everything. He kind of fits in in all the cracks, does everything you need. Um, and let's hope, obviously, that he's, he's – uh, He's he's healthy and fine after they all are, this. Just he's to the be, guy just, they haven't had over like this year and last year. He's the guy that good teams seem to have. Yeah, good team. I mean, when the Warriors were good, they had three to four guys who kind of filled that like IQ, energy, defense, filled the gaps for like obviously Andre Godala overqualified, but was amazing at that, right? You know, Sean Livingston. We we can go down the list. They're they're all different players, but they kind of fill that same role. Um just for those who who have not paid attention, he has a laceration in his head. They are conducting tests on him. No word on what that means. If it is a if he does go into the concussion protocol, you can probably rule him out for five, four to five games. Just at the speed that games are going right now, you know. Correct. He's probably that, he's, that's, he's that's, out for a week. So that's reason. four games. That's that's the other reason why tonight's game is so frustrating is because. Best not best case scenario, but you were hoping to get a split because the schedule is pretty easy. You're hoping to get a split from the Boston after the four game win streak. You're hoping to get a split from the Boston and Philly games. Philly's not a must win, but if you get this one, you feel pretty good about going into Philly and you give it your best shot and you see what happens. That's why this one, but more importantly, as I mentioned before, all those other games that, that the Warriors tricked off, that's why this one hurts. Yeah, and that's where, I mean, We've talked about this a lot, but that's where, you know, we're not chasing wins. That's not what this season's about. Well, now you're chasing wins. And maybe if you took care of the Spurs, the Mavericks, a few of those games earlier in the season, you have a little give for when. I mean, the ankle injury to Steph was just a freak play that's going to happen a couple times a year in basketball, right? I don't think it's serious. I think he's probably going to sit on Monday, but it's Steph. He, I don't know, he, but can but can you? Can you sit him Monday? I mean, look, if he's it's Philly, they're gonna they're gonna lose against. I, I would have I'd sit him against Philly on Monday, so that if I can pull up the schedule right now, the the following ten games after that, they should be favored in almost every one of them. Um, it's a lot of OKC, New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans you can call it toss up, but they need to at least hold court with the team that's on their tails, right? Um, the Kings, the Timberwolves, the Rockets. I mean, it's a pretty cushy schedule. 
the it's as cushy a schedule as one could ask for in the NBA. I'm looking I'm looking at right now the Wizards. They do have a game against the Nuggets, but the Nuggets just lost Jamal Murray. Um, I think they only play two playoff teams in the next after Philly in the next ten to twelve games. So it's probably in their best interest just to punt the Philly game and make sure Steph's okay for the Wizards on Wednesday and this stretch where they really should go like eight and two or nine and one or something like that. I mean, it's getting very close to the wire, but the last thing I need is is Steph like actually injuring it and then missing six games against the Rockets, the Timberwolves, the Thunder, and that those type of opponents. Sure. I think I think I think conceptually you're correct. My concern though is twofold one obviously Steph is on this historic hot streak so you kind of want to ride that out as much as you can and right. uh I see in the comments and I agree if you're going to rest Steph maybe his ankle's not great if you're going to rest him sit Dre too and just actually punt on the game however in the Warriors trying to battle for playing game positioning and seating like let's not act like we as long as the Warriors are in the tournament it's okay like there is a there is a meaningful difference between being the nine seed and the eight seed, right? If you're the eight seed, you have to lose twice. If you're the nine seed, you lose. You have to win twice. So, yeah. <laughs> right. So so I, I I think there is obviously look nobody knows their body better than Steph. Steph knows his body, so you have to listen to what Steph says. But I would be inclined to not. You know, this is Steve Kerr is not going to like me saying this, but I would be inclined to try to chase that win in Philly. Philly's very good, but the Warriors need every single win they can get because they're in a fight. The Warriors are not going to miss the play-in tournament. But right, they but they to, would be in a better position if they're in the eight spot than the nine spot, correct? Correct, and I, and I think I think that matters. And I'm as hard as anybody publicly on Steve Kerr, but I don't think this is a Steve Kerr loss. Dre, make a layup. Bays, make a couple free throws and don't throw the ball to the other team 100 times. Oh, the Draymond layup at the end was, I mean, we could go for an hour on Draymond, uh, but we won't because I want to get some of the Lester's on. Uh, it's just, it's Draymond in a nutshell. Three years. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed to go he finishes that right and today not so much but he still does a lot of other good stuff it's just such a it's such a tough decision with him because it's like hard to replace all the things he does but when he can't do the most basic things that like yeah Steph dragged two defenders with him you have an open lane to the layup just finish it you should do that so that's that's where I'm leaving my dream on thoughts right now I'm not not in love with the way he played tonight, but. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three pot with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom, sometimes it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S.-licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. 
just go to getroman.com slash light years and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash light years and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com slash light years. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. <laughs> All right, let's get some callers on here. Aaron, I don't know how you yeah, feel about that. Yeah, let's get it, sure. All right, we'll go to Maxwell. Maxwell, what's up, man? Uh, what's up, guys? Sam, I, I disagree with what you said about this game isn't on anyone. Me, in my opinion, this one is completely on Draymond. The dude is fucking garbage. It's been, <laughs> it's been disgusting to watch him play basketball this year. And for the people that, for the people that are saying it's on Bays, Bays doesn't get paid twenty million dollars a year. And Bays, you know, he had sixteen. It is what it is. He's a role player. And this, you know, on the first he is guy, on a veteran minimum. You are right. Like asking Bays more to be um, someone making, you know, eight figures, making more, like. You kind of sometimes you have to call it what it is, right? Exactly, and I'm the first one to blame Steve Kerr, but Steve didn't do anything wrong tonight. You know, Steph had two fouls and he didn't take him out, and then he put Steph back in the game with with seven minutes, seven plus minutes to go. And you know, Draymond, that layup, like you said, that sums up the, this entire season. He is not an NBA level player offensively. I don't care how many assists he has when you are going out of your way to. When you are not looking to score, when you are looking to pass on every possession, those assist numbers mean nothing, okay? And, you know, you talk about all the other stuff that he does. He should be that good of a defensive player if you're that bad offensively. He is not an NBA-level player offensively, and I'm not even joking. Like, it's it's disgusting at this point, and that's that's all I have to say, man. Appreciate the call, Maxwell. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Aaron, but a few of the Celtics writers on Twitter were – comparing Draymond going up for a layup, layup and passing for an assist to 2013 Rajon Rondo. And I, oh, I just no, got no. such a and good not, laugh. Not playoff Rondo. No, regular season Rondo. I got such a kick out of that because it's like anyone who's watched the Warriors on a regular basis, you know, us deranged lunatics who are watching Warriors Rockets on a Tuesday in February. No, this has been like a thing for a few years. But it's, I think a distinction needs to be made because – He's right. Well, he's not right. But with Steph, uh, Draymond is a very good offensive player. He's not going to be doing any of the scoring, and he's not. He's his his entire there is value there. Yes. Right. His isn't his value is when Steph gets trapped, he can play four and three. He's a really good passer. Without Steph on the court, I think it is fair to have that conversation about what uh, what is the value add from Draymond on offense. Yeah, and like in, in the bigger picture, the declining scoring ability just makes Bob Myers and the front office staff a lot job a lot harder because you kind of need everyone else to be a scoring threat around him because you know he won't be. And not just like a minor scoring threat. You need kind of a little more from everyone. Like obviously Steph's giving you an advantage, but on some level Draymond's taking the advantage away. So it just it just makes team building well, so a little harder. So let's be specific. I don't think everyone specifically needs to be a scoring threat with Draymond. Shoot, shooting threat. Correct. I think everybody everybody has to do something other than him. I think everybody has to do something to help. There we go. That's that's a better way to put it. All right, let's let's keep moving. Um, Jamil, I'm what's sorry. up, my man? Um, <laughs> oh, you you there, Jamil? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hear me. Yeah, we can hear you. What what you got for us? I mean, I blame Steve Kerr all the time, but this last few weeks he's been good. Does Draymond Green work on his um game on in the off season on anything? You can't make a layup, a layup. Now this has not been the first time he um he's tried to beat the hero. Remember in San Antonio, he took a freaking half court shot thinking he's gonna hit it. That was the funniest. I think he was going to get fouled. Yeah, yeah, like that was a terrible loss for the Warriors. But laugh a little bit. Now, and baseball, that's it. You should never come back on this team. My goodness. <laughs> uh, Jamil, appreciate the call in. <laughs> well, isn't it more of a question though of like, 
Baines is who he is, right? Baines does some things well. He does some things to help. He's always out of control. Often that leads to catastrophic failures. But I think that is more of an indictment of the roster construction, the fact that Baysmore has to be put into this role than it is an indictment on Bays. Bays, as a minimum player, Bays has been fine. Bays has been better than fine. He's been, as a minimum guy, he's been pretty good. But the fact that you have to rely on him for so much offensive creation and other things. Yeah, um, in general, when yeah. five out of your top eight rotation guys are on veteran minimums, that's that's a problem in its in its own right, you know. Um, but yeah, they they're playing Bays more thirty minutes a night. Probably want that cut in half if you have uh, aspirations to the team competing beyond the playing game. But also, all, all the all the everybody in the comments is correct. Also, Bays, I'm gonna need you to make those three. Absolutely, Antonio, what's up, man? What's up, y'all? I was gonna then maybe do a touch on a couple points. Well, first. Uh, the Draymond thing disappointed me and did surprise me, but I know we can't ask too much out of Bazemore, but in my opinion, he's the reason they lost the game. People are forgetting they're up 16. He was the one throwing the ball away, getting four fouls hella early, doing all this dumb stuff. But I just, I can't deal with the stupidity anymore. I just try to have Gary Payton, who had some good minutes guarding Kemba tonight. And uh, yeah, that, that's basically it. What do you guys think about Gary Payton's game? Because I thought he had some good minutes locking up. He just didn't really do too much on offense, but I just liked how he was just out of the way because Bazemore just makes it about him. Like, dude, you're not a scorer. Just pass the ball. And then Wiggins disappeared. Thanks, Antonio. GP, GP2. Thoughts, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I, I say this a lot, but he's a 4A player. He's probably too good to play in the G League, and he's not quite good enough um, to play in the NBA, specifically because he doesn't have a place offensively. Um, and, it, and it is very rarely you need somebody to come in for a minute here and there to just to be a defensive stopper. I think. He was pretty effective tonight when he came in. He got the layup off of, off of a Draymond action. Um, but you're just not going to need what he does all that often. He's not going to make a jump shot. He's a 28% shooter from three in his NBA career. But um, when you need a jolt of action, he's, I mean, he's, look, he's clearly better than Nico Mannion. And when you need a jolt of something, you need a jolt of energy, you need a jolt of action, or you need to calm down uh, you know, what does Mark Jackson say? Like, it's too late when the house is on fire, right? Get the women and children out. Um, but when you need somebody to just specifically come in and try to cool down a hot hand, he's a really good defensive player. But, like, the problem is he's best used in uh, defensive situations, you know, late game kind of stuff when you substitute offense for defense. That He's a really good defensive player. He just provides nothing on offense. Um, but, frankly... He's not going to be all that harmful on offense, so that makes him better than Nico Mannion. Yeah, you just you just don't want him shoot. You just need, you saw from the corner three. You just don't want him. Right, he's another. You know what? If 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 he comes back next summer with a jumper that's reliable enough, he could be a guard version of how like Juan Scott Anderson found a role. But like, it really is that simple for him. Make some shots, brother. Otherwise, brother, I think that ship is sailed. Oh. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> he's, been on? Around, he's been around a hot minute. Aaron, you are on. We have two Aarons on uh, now. What's up, man? Uh, it's, a lot, it's, a, it's a lot of pressure. Uh, I'll make this quick. Uh, Max was killing our guy, uh, Draymond. It didn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, Draymond smokes those layups all the time, but Bazemore is the one that's, you know, missing free throws and missing his man on defense. I mean, it's pretty quick, pretty simple. It's pretty easy. I mean, this is one of the easiest losses we've had all year. It's not a tough loss. It doesn't hurt. The Warriors are going to be fine going forward. Uh, let's just uh, try to stay positive here. Okay, Aaron. I don't, I don't disagree with you. I, I, th- I, th- I just, it's just hard for me to get that upset when, like, we know this team can't win games if Steph's not – you know, at the peak of his powers. And that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at with it, but all right, let's keep it moving. Hey, um, what's up, my man? Hey, what's up? You guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. So the next time the game's on the line, who is Kerr going to call play for Looney or GP two? <laughs> that's, <laughs> oh, that's good. That's, that's, good. that's it. Appreciate it. Okay. Let me ask you this, Aaron. Um, he's referring to the play when they were down two. 
and inbounded to Draymond. Everyone jumped at Steph, so Draymond faked the the dribble handoff, went for the layup, uh, obviously missed it. Then Kemba hits the pull up afterwards. Right. That's the game yeah, right there. Yeah, it was done. Yeah. Any any second guessing on that play call right there? No, I mean I generally trust Draymond's basketball intelligence um, in these situations. Look, I, I, and anything. So the play call, I, you make a very good point because you're asking about the play call. And all that Steve Kerr and the coaching staff can do with the play call is get the guys in position, right? And right. they got a wide open layup out of them. Now, whether that was Dre with the, with the fake handoff, um, all that Steve Kerr and the coaching staff can do is get guys in position. You get a good look out of it. Draymond had a good look. He just missed it. Um, I, my personal opinion is quite literally every single shot should be taken by Steph, right? <laughs> if it's in a tough, as long as Steph is on the floor, a Steph look, even if he's getting double teamed, I would. That's better than any other look that they can get. But I don't like it's. It's hard for me to blame the play call when Draymond got a layup. He just didn't make it. Yeah, that's where I'm at. You can you can say maybe they should have just put like 14 screeners and then had um, you know Steph do something with it. Right. But end of the yeah. day, that was that was yeah, clearly that, that was clearly an option. Yeah, exactly. Locking arms around Steph and yeah, exactly. Dre has to make Dre has to make that layup. Period. Yeah, we're not we're not we're not asking we're not asking Draymond to you know hit a tough mid range shot or even a three a layup. That's yeah, I I I can't get like it's the most basic basketball thing. Make the layup, buddy. Saeed, what's up, man? What up? What up? Here we go. Here we go. I gotta say, I gotta say, I'm not as upset as you guys because Jason Tatum had a Steph Curry type game. So if I'm a Celtic fan and Jason Tatum has a game like that, and where they lose, they feel the same way we do right now. We're up 16. These guys smoked us back. Jason Tatum hitting all these shots. I mean, really, it's really tough to win a game, even when Steph goes crazy like that. I just gotta, you gotta tip your hat to Jason Tatum doing all that work, man. Wigan Island wasn't wasn't there today. The guy didn't do his work. He went ghost in the fourth. That was my my take going in. Wigan's got to be more assertive in the fourth quarter. He's got to be showing something, you know. That's interesting, Said. By the way, appreciate the comment. Interesting on Wiggins, uh, Aaron. I want your thoughts on Wiggins. He has, I mean, I quite frankly, I don't think he's going to hit shots at this clip. Going into eternity, he is shooting 45% from three post all-star break. I want to say he's at 40% from the season from three. Do you think he needs to start doing more or. I mean, is this sure. just kind of I mean, like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm struggling with what I really want from him here, to be honest. Like I kind of feel like I'd rather him just be a star in this role and just allocate more shots to Steph more than anything. Uh, so correct, uh, Steph. I th- I don't think there is a number of shots that is that's going too to many. Make it. Yeah, <laughs> like what is the number where you're like, eh, Steph? Maybe you want to start deferring a little bit. No, there isn't that. I, to me, there isn't that number. Wiggins, I think, has been a B, a solid B this year. Um, but like. This isn't specifically the Minnesota experience, but like Wiggins is Wiggins, right? This is this is who he is. This is what he is. He's a pretty good NBA player that makes way too much money. Uh, he was good for large stretches of the game. He is still my favorite option. Uh, like Tatum cooked him, but he's still my favorite option on wing scores. He's a good defensive player. He's been really good this year. And... He's been a pretty good offensive player. He just doesn't have it all the time. He doesn't have whatever that it is. He he doesn't have it. And so I think that it would behoove Warriors fans to not like wait for that. Hey, he's the number one pick. Wiggins is going to start doing things. He just like I, we've seen enough. That just isn't him. He was he was like oh, look Tatum cooked him. Tatum cooked everybody. But he was fine today. You know, like sometimes we would rather have, and look, he's, he's, it's a career, uh, career high percentage from two. It's a career high percentage from three Wiggins is Wiggins. I don't think Wiggins has ever been probably his best defensive year. Like all in all, this is about as good as you could hope for from Wiggins. And it's a very useful player, especially if you don't look at the contract. 
Like, right. if, if Wiggins was making there, Kelly, there was only everybody would be like, oh, this is a great contest. Wiggins makes too much money, but there's nothing that can be done about that now. He's just a good player. Everybody, Minnesota fans, Warriors fans, everybody wants Wiggins to be the fulcrum, to be the focus of a really To be that two-way number one pick. To be Jason Tatum, to be quite frankly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, just, it isn't, and if you... If you eliminate all of that, right, there's mm. you're you're smarter than I am, but like you know about like sunk costs, right? It is a sunk cost. If we take all that, hey, he makes this much money, hey, he was the number one plug. If you put all of that aside and just say, what kind of basketball player is he? He's a useful basketball player, but he's never going to be that guy that everybody hopes he's going to be. Period. Correct. We, like the ship has sailed. That ship has sailed. Ariel, what's up? What's up, y'all? I'm going to keep this quick. Um, I think that everyone's getting a little crazy about Bayes. I think we already talked about it. He's a vet man. Uh, Draymond has value elsewhere. We also know what he is offensively. I just kind of want to make this like a Steph appreciation, right? Like, I think I can go with that. I think it's just nuts. Um, I think Yaya Dubin had like a tweet where he's like, Jason Tatum has 42, and he's like, not even close to being like the best player on the court. I think it's just a testament to how good he is. And I feel like we got to stop arguing with people like saying he's not a top two player right now and just start like focusing the argument on like, he's a top 10 player all time. And we can start that conversation. I mean, to be fair, I think he's both. Correct. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Ariel. Good, good call. I mean, I don't really love player rankings personally, but like Steph is getting the appreciation this year. He's 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 one of the five or six, you know, most impactful players on the game of basketball, period. He is and that's kind of where the ire of our frustration is here. Take advantage of it a little more, guys. He is I still think LeBron is probably the best player in the NBA, but uh sure. I think I think K D and Steph are two and three, and I will not I will not argue with if you want KD first, you want Steph first. Right now, how Steph is playing presently, I think I think he's quite clearly playing at the highest level of anybody in the NBA. Obviously, LeBron is hurt, but I, I think it's more. I think it's I think it's more specific, and we can we can put a finer point on it. And I say this all the time. I think LeBron is the best player in the NBA. Steph Curry is the boogeyman. Nobody terrifies other teams like Steph because nobody can do what Steph does. Nobody can warp other teams. Their minds, their defense, all of it. Nobody can do what Steph does. LeBron is probably the best player. Steph Curry is the boogeyman. I like it. Omar, what's up, my man? What you got for me? Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, quick thing about Draymond and then just a broader point on the game. Um, you know, we've seen this Draymond story all season. I think the thing that messes me up more than the missed layup, which he should be making, is kind of the lack of clarity that he himself has about his own role. Like this guy will trick off shots, start sweating profusely when he gets like an open jumper all game. And we come to crunch time in like, you know, the fourth quarter. And we had like that game earlier in the season where he, you know, gets all radical. And today again, you know, it's like, okay, now you're making big moves. I think that's my main frustration. But on the game overall, um, you know, one thing that's frustrating me is... Steph is going supernova. It's insane. He's had a 57-point game against Dallas. We lost. He had this game today. We lost. Last time he faced Boston, he went for 38. He was insane. We lost. This keeps happening over and over again. There's a lot of reasons more than, you know, getting worth getting into. I'm at the point where it's like we go into a playing scenario. I'm expecting this shit to happen again. Like we just <laughs> – Steph, as amazing as he is, he can go for 60. But if Wiggins, you know, shrinks into like a six foot player in the fourth quarter, Draymond starts deciding to take big boy shots. Bazemore's doing dumb shit. Like, what, what do you like? That's not enough. Steph can be the best player in the NBA and that it won't be enough with this team. So I'm, yeah, my expectations are pretty low right now. Appreciate it, Omar. I, I kind of feel the opposite way. I, I don't know if Aaron, how Aaron feels, but if the Warriors are semi healthy, in the play-in, which is no given. I don't think any of those teams want to face the Warriors in a one-game 
series because Steph is going to be the best player on the court. No offense to Luca or any of, or John Morant or any of those players. And I don't know, the plan's not going to be that much. Like he's just terrifying to play in those type of situations. So I feel pretty good about the Warriors in those situations, but it's it's still going to be scary. Yeah, so I think, um, yes, uh, uh, any game that doesn't have LeBron, Steph is going to be the best player and the most terrifying player on the court. Nobody wants to play the Warriors. And I think the one advantage possibly that the Warriors will have in a play-in tournament in a one-game scenario as opposed to now is that for all of the missteps he's made with the messaging, I don't think anybody Steve with Steve Kerr, I'm talking about, I don't think he can even do the, like, we're not playing to win stuff. So I suspect in any one game scenario and then probably yeah. in the playoffs, should the, should the Warriors make it, Steph is going to play two, three, four, six minutes more than he does now. And that will be the difference in those games. Agree. I mean, there's no chance on earth he's sitting Steph for six minutes in the fourth quarter of a close elimination game. So I'd hope. Let's say let's say that we don't know. Nah, I, I feel I feel pretty confident. I mean, he's he, he's a little crazy, but he's not that crazy. Um, all right, let's keep let's keep moving. moving. Ricky Garcia, my favorite Ricky G. What's up, man? Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you, Ricky. Absolutely. What you got for me? All right, so um, this is kind of a question that's kind of been on my mind this entire week. Um, is Steph, like, the only player in the NBA who's not entitled to his landing space? Like, it's happened a couple times this week where his defenders are stepping into his landing space and there's no call. And um, does he need to do what Daryl Morey did and, like, send the NBA paperwork showing them you're costing me points here? You want? The I mean, I'm on top of it. I have a 40. I have, I'll put together the spreadsheets. I'll send them to the league office. Uh, Ricky, appreciate the question. Actually, Aaron, let, let's take this. I think this is an interesting topic. Um, do you think Steph doesn't sell fouls on jump shots enough? No, I think, I think Steph is unfairly treated around the basket. Uh, as far as foul calls are go, go, I think Steph sells it or tries to sell it too much um, on uh, on his three-point three shot. Yeah, yeah he, I think he kicks his leg out a bunch. Um, the one that got overturned today, Steph did kick his leg out, but I thought it was still a foul because the contact was made with his shooting hand. Yeah, so I rest. think that was a foul. Yeah, so I thought that should have been a foul. But frankly, I think Steph embellishes too much and hunts for fouls too much at the three-point line. At around the rim, I think Steph gets a bad whistle, but no, I, I don't. I don't think Steph gets a bad whistle. He, he's gotten a he's gotten not a great whistle like the last three or four games uh, at the three point line, but I don't think Steph gets treated unfairly at the three point line. I in fact think that Steph hunts it too much. As good of a shooter as he is, I think he spends a little bit too much time hunting for fouls as opposed to just trying to make jump shots. And he and he kicks his leg out and over I, and over and over and over. And I, I actually haven't asked you about this, but. I feel like the bigger issue here is the refs are just wildly inconsistent with when they call it, when they don't. Uh, it's not a Steph Curry thing. I could, I could point this to every player in the league. And that's kind of why I don't want them to, there needs to be some sort of rule adaptation to landing space and kind of contest. Like I understand why the rule is the way it is, because if you go back like 15 years ago, you'd see guys, I mean, you can go back 20 years ago, the 2000 finals where like Jalen Rose basically stood right underneath Kobe Bryant and gave him a high ankle sprain in the finals there. Uh, that sort of stuff was far more commonplace. That's like part of the reason that they give more landing space and, you know, kind of try to protect the shooter a little bit. But I feel like it's gone too much in the opposite direction because now you have like James Harden is probably the most famous person of someone who's trying to always generate space and draw fouls and those sort of things. But like, I would prefer Steph didn't do it. I would prefer the refs never awarded anyone doing it, to be honest. Yeah, so Steph, because of how fantastic of a shooter he is, I think he gets in his own head about it, and he looks for it and just throws stuff up as opposed to just trying to shoot because he's going to make more than anybody else in NBA history. The other part of it I don't love, and he mentioned James Harden, one of the reasons why 
Harden and those Rockets teams were not so successful in the playoffs is because the game gets called differently in the playoffs. The games get called tighter. So it's just human nature. No ref wants to be the person who's like, yeah, I called 15 shooting um, landing space fouls to give them the game. So, so I think it would, I think, I think it's, I think it is a bad habit of Steph's. And I think, especially in the playoffs, it would behoove him and the Warriors to not go foul hunting because if he doesn't think he's getting them now, he's definitely not going to get them in the playoffs. Agreed. All right. We're going to keep him moving. He. He. Hey, I'm sorry. How do I pronounce it? I apologize. It's he. It's off of he anime. You, you have to show. But anyway, so last time I see last time I was here, I told y'all I wanted to punch Bazemore in the face. But, you know, I'm cooling. You want to keep your PC? I told y'all. But anyways, he is who he is. But um, actually, to me, this has to do a lot more with Kerr. Because if you look at all of the play calls that we have in, in closing down stretch, if you're putting Steph as a decoy, I think we need a better finisher. Like last time we had Steph play the decoy and it was Damian Lee and we had that turnover. And now we have Draymond. So obviously I have, I have a two-part question. Do you think it should be Wiggins that they should actually, if, if Steph is going to be a decoy, it should be he and Wiggins because he's a much better finisher. And and don't you think, like, if Draymond has this, if Draymond wants to be able to finish this game, like, like, like obviously this play, he wants to clo- close out these kind of plays. Do you think that he should hunt for these kind of plays, like, earlier on in the game so he has some rhythm? Because it's like, you know, I think he's a little out of sync tonight. So I think that's why he missed the layup. Yeah, appreciate the, appreciate the call. Okay, so... Getting Wiggins more involved in the end of the game. Thoughts, Aaron? So I think um, conceptually that makes some sense. The problem, though, is Wiggins um, Wiggins has to either get to the bucket or shoot it. And if it's, if it's Draymond, because Steph is going to get trapped, right? So if you're using Wiggins in the action, the problem becomes Wiggins – is not a particularly capable passer. He's not going to facilitate for other people. Generally, he's not. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the man's IQ, but um, so I, I think I think. Well, he's not. He's not a player you want making multiple reads at that speed. Right. Yeah, he's exactly. Maker, right. He's a play finisher. Um, Wiggins is a good offensive player, but when he the things that he does well is going to get looks for himself. And so I think that kind of cuts down on your options. Conceptually, conceptually, the second person I would rather have, if it's not going to be Steph, the second person I would want taking the shot or trying to finish a play is Wiggins. It, well, Wiggins or Poole, to be, <laughs> to be fair. Um, but with Draymond, that gives you the option of including everybody else. It also gives you the option of including Steph if Steph – you know, or resets his, his positioning. So, yeah, I mean, like the second best offensive player on the team is probably Wiggins. But if Wiggins is going to be the one with the ball after Steph gets trapped, you kind of like the options kind of get shrunk pretty, pretty seriously because Wiggins, for everything that he does well offensively, he is not a great facilitator. He's not a great passer. So I, I think it's the right play for Draymond to be the, the release valve for Steph. He Draymond just has to make the layup, and and you know, or Draymond has. We're to not asking. Play. We're not asking for the moon. Make the I layup. Would, I guess. Let me put a fine point in it. I would rather have uh, Wiggins. If it's not going to be Steph, if we take Steph out of it, my next choice to take the shot is Wiggins. But my next choice to make the decision is Draymond. Fair enough. I'd agree with you there, Adrian. Yo, what's up, man? Um. So I'm going to come in with the immigrant dad take here and blame this loss <laughs> on discipline and other losses on discipline. Um, I don't expect Bazemore to lead us to a win, but I do expect him to help us get there. And seeing him just constantly like pat his chest and say like, we're good, we're good is very frustrating because you're a veteran. I mean, it's in your salary, vet men. And uh, you need like, I just want to see him like start to learn. I, I just want to see that happening in his brain you know like with the fouls and the turnovers 
And the most frustrating play for me tonight was when Marcus Smart uh, hits that three. I think it was to take the lead late in the fourth. And and Kent Bazemore just does like a circle. Uh, like, I, I understand, like, you, you expect someone to come help you on that. But, like, dude, you got to make the smart play and stop the ball on defense. But my, my question for you guys is, after this loss, I, I know that many people are going to be calling for Steph to get more help, as we have been doing pretty much the entire season, really. But I look at this loss and I say, I think this actually reduces the probability that the Warriors front office makes a big trade because other teams are going to see just how desperate the Warriors are to get another star on this roster that they're going to ask for so much back in return for that player. And what we have seen from the front office is an over uh, overvaluation on their assets, whether it's the Minnesota first round pick for next year and, and more predominantly Kelly Oubre who right after the the uh, the deadline said, you know what, I'm not going to come off the bench. And more than that, we already knew he was going to be asking for a big contract next season anyways, right? Um, so what do you think is more likely? The Warriors say we're smarter than everyone else and we're going to purge the development team and we're going to rebuild our development team or they kind of own up to their mistakes and say, you know what, we really do need to make that big trade. Thanks, guys. So this is an interesting question, by the way, Adrian. Great call. Um, the fact that they played the Celtics makes us perfect. My theory on the Warriors is they're stuck in a 2016-17 Boston Celtics situation. Um, it's a little different because those Celtics didn't have anyone as good as Steph Curry. But I think they're putting on a public face about loving development and playing the long game because they don't want to have to overpay for a trade. I just think the reality of the matter is any trade talk they're going to get into is going to be like, yeah, we want that Wolves pick. Yeah, we also want Wiseman. We also want some other future picks. And if you don't like that, we're going to talk to someone else. Yes. And, you know, the like war chest and hoarding of assets, I think is also not to be uh I think that's also a factor here, you know, like valuing, maybe overvaluing your own stuff, your own assets, I think is. Uh, it, everyone knows, you, ha- everyone knows you have it. So they're going to ask for it all. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I mean, it's, you know, the Celtics were other team that was going to get every single player. You know, they were the ones that could trade for Anthony Davis and everybody else. And then it never actually happened. And why is that? Yeah. And it's like, I'm looking at like, you know, Remember um, the uh, Lakers, Anthony Davis trade. Anthony Davis, who only wanted to go to the Lakers, who was on the last year of an expiring contract, they still had to give up most of everything they had to get him because that's just how it works. You you know, you, you don't have too much say in these things. And I think if you'd ask the Lakers, they're pretty okay with it. Love Brandon Ingram, love Lonzo Ball. But um, I'm going to go ahead and stay out of this one, but yeah. I think it worked out for them. At end of the day, so it's hard to argue, hard to argue it did not work out for them. So I think the Warriors, the sooner they realize that like their war chest, they're not going to be able to do the thing where they give away like half of it to get a superstar. Like, no, you're giving it all away. Like you just have to be okay with that. So I think that's what they're coming to. Uh, they need to come to grips with. Otherwise they're just going to have to develop those guys. All right, last couple questions, and then we'll keep this moving. Uh, Liz, Lizzie. Hey, can you hear me? We can, yep. yes. I was curious what you guys thought about uh, Kerr's public comments about, like, no one's tradable except Steph. And he kind of was just, I don't know, like the Wiseman stuff, like the codes. I was surprised he said that publicly. It's a great question. Appreciate it, Lizzie. Steve Kerr needs to stop talking. Like, there's no other way around it. If you've listened to the interviews, he never says anything that's that bad. But when you see the quote taken out of it and circulated, it's like always, what did we really gain from saying this? You, you just, do you just want your own podcast, Steve? Like, we can get you a podcast, you know. Uh, but is there any gain for the Warriors for him to talk about, like, how you think someone's development's going to take four years publicly? I just, I never uh, get it. It's it's kind of his personality, but like there's no game to it. 
I've been I've been pretty vocal about this. Sure. My issue with it is you're correct, right? What is to be gained? My issue with it is um, Steve Kerr is a brilliant, brilliant man. He's a very, very smart man. I think he's probably on balance a really good coach. And I think he's a, a, a very good human being. He is too smart to have this kind of stuff just pop up like outside of his control. Like he doesn't know what he's doing. So I take him at his word and I assume that he means every word that he says. And he is too smart to have these things just happen to him. Over and over again, by the way. Right. And I don't understand what his purpose is. Um, Yeah. I I just don't understand because he knows what he, I assume that Steve Kerr, because he's a very smart man, I assume that he always knows what he's doing and I just don't understand. I don't know what the purpose is. Yeah. I mean, unless it's a shot at the front office, very Phil Jackson-y. But, um, okay, we're going to get to last right, caller right, but here. but to accomplish what? Exactly. John. John McWalter. Yo, John, what's what's got up, for guys? Us? This was a tough one tonight. But, uh, hey, man, I love Steph. love everything he's about. What what he's going through with all this stuff, and I'm just worried that you know we're gonna miss out on the fact that he just did something historic, right? He tied Kobe with his um, with his streak here of 30 games. He established another 10 plus three point game. Um, it's absolutely insane. It sucks that we lost this one, but you know you lose games sometimes. And and for all the hate on Bazemore, he makes two million dollars. It's not like we're paying him twenty, you know, right? Like he's a he's a bench guy. I, I, I agree with you, John. Thirty minutes, and he got stuff under Under Armour contract. That guy's made for life. Like, <laughs> who cares about what what, what he's doing? It sucks that he blows things up. But and, and, and the thing I've noticed the last like 10, 12 games is that he overhelps on defense. He thinks he needs to cover and follow the ball when it's passed. It's like something my kid would do. Uh, when he's learning basketball, you're right. <laughs> and he just talked about not doing that, you know, right? And Bay still does it because he's overhelping because he knows he's got inferior defenders with him, right? And so he over he overhelps, and, and that's problematic. And then you know, he makes stupid fouls, right? Okay, done. Draymond blows a layup. Clay used to blow layups all the time. We called him Clayups. He right. did it all the freaking time. And I really wish Dray would have just gone and tried to dunk that thing, but he doesn't have the hops anymore, right? He is a two-footed jumper, so he couldn't have dumped it. And it was a contested layup. It wasn't like a wide-open gimme with no one around him. He was on the run with a contested layup. So, again, people, calm the hell down. It was a great game. We lost. The Celtics are a bad team. We're a shitty team. They're a better (laughs) bad team than we are. And I'm not really worried about where we are. As long as we make the plan, we'll eliminate those teams. We'll be the whatever each seed in plays, maybe the Nuggets or something like that. Maybe we'll even knock them off if it's the Nuggets. Um, Everyone just calm the hell down, man. We're going to end it there, John. Appreciate that take. I don't have anything else to add to that. We'll have a new podcast out tomorrow. Aaron, I appreciate you. You got anything on end? That's all? Nah, nah. I'm sad, man. Love talking to Warriors. Thanks. Later, guys.